Here I am in London on a damp afternoon, but just a few days ago, the skies were bright, sunny and clear, and the temperatures were well below freezing. It was such a joy to hear the sound of children squealing with delight as they went outside into the snow and began to throw snowballs and even attempt to build a snowman. We are in another full national lockdown here in the UK and many people are feeling overwhelmed by the monotony of life, finding it hard to keep a sense of purpose and motivation. And I really feel for all those parents who are having to homeschool their children. But somehow that simple blanket of white snow seemed to lift spirits and provide a welcome distraction from the grim statistic that we have just passed in the UK. We are the first country in Europe to pass the 100,000 uh, deaths statistic, which is just terrible. But today I am going to be talking on a far more exciting and life-giving subject. It's six months since I last spoke with you and this time Ben has asked me to speak about the Holy Spirit. And this has to be my favourite topic. And I can truly say with my hand on my heart that my life has been utterly transformed since experiencing being filled with the Holy Spirit back in 1982. I just want to look at a few verses in the Word of God because the Holy Spirit appears right through the Bible, from Genesis through to Revelation. In Genesis 1, verse 1 and 2, we read this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And I can say that before I experienced being filled with the Holy Spirit, that my life was formless and empty. Reading my Bible was dull and boring. It took effort, it seemed irrelevant, and my prayer life was empty. Being a Christian was not really making any difference in my life, and I doubt anyone else thought so either. In these first two verses in the Bible, though, we see the Spirit of God was waiting like a bird hovering over her nest, about to bring something new into being. And then we read how the Holy Spirit creates the world, and out of chaos, he creates order. Out of confusion, harmony. Out of deformity, he brings beauty. Out of oldness, he brings newness. Here, the Spirit of God was hovering, waiting to bring new things. And in the same way, the Holy Spirit is here today, waiting to bring us, to bring you and me new things into our lives. I've now followed Christ for 40 years. In fact, today, uh, it is my 40th Christian anniversary. And experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit has dramatically changed the course of my life. I went from a life full of depression, fear of death, chaos and darkness, and quite frankly, just finding everything about life hard work. But I never could have expected the changes that would come from the very first experience when I received the Holy Spirit, because I received a completely new energy 
a new outlook on life, and most importantly, a love for Jesus Christ that I had never known before. Well, you probably ask, well, what happened to me? Well, I did the Alpha course back in 1980 in our church, Holy Trinity Brompton here in London. In those days, it was a six-week course. There was no a day away to teach about the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. And uh, for the first two years of my Christian life, I, I, just, I guess I struggled. I went to church, I went to my home group, but I wasn't really alive. And then in 1982, our pastor, Nikki, sorry, not Nikki, our pastor, Sandy Miller, invited somebody called John Wimber to come and speak at our church. Now, John Wimber is a Californian and he was he started the Vineyard Movement and he came to speak about the gift of healing. And on the first night, he spoke to a number of the leaders. I wasn't there the first night. One of the people he spoke to uh, and had a word for was that there was someone in the room who was barren, in other words, unable to have a baby. And someone stepped forward and said, yes, that's me. And John Wimber did a simple interview and she told him that she had been told by doctors she could never have children. And John Wimber said, well, may I pray for you? And she said, yes. And he laid hands on her and he literally invited the Holy Spirit to come and then commanded her womb to open. Well, I'm sure you'd all like to know the answer to those prayers. Well, nine months later, she had her first child. Her firstborn was a son and she went on to have four more children. What a wonderful testimony of God's grace. And uh, her husband then went on to become a pastor himself. Not that everybody who ends up with a miracle ends up becoming a pastor, but certainly in their situation, that's what happened. And then on the second night, John Member spoke to everybody else who wanted to come and hear. And I went along because I knew he was going to be teaching that night on the gift, one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the gift of healing. And at the time I was a nurse and I thought, wouldn't it be wonderful not only to nurse people physically, but then to pray for people and see God supernaturally heal them. And that night after he had spoken, he had what we call words of knowledge. That's when God can give you a word about someone that you wouldn't know about unless uh, the Holy Spirit had revealed it. And one of the words was that there was someone in the room who'd fallen from a height onto stony ground. And I had had quite an unpleasant uh, horse riding accident in Australia the year before, and I damaged my back quite badly. So I went forward for prayer. But interestingly, I wanted this gift of healing, although I was responding to this word of knowledge. And I didn't know that God could do more than one thing at a time. So I was confused and a bit upset. So the team who came to pray with me said, look, uh, just close your eyes, focus on Jesus and we will pray. And they invited the Holy Spirit. They just said three words, come Holy Spirit. And I experienced a number of things. First of all, it was a May evening, which is our sort of late spring, but it wasn't a warm evening. And I felt this incredible heat going through my whole body. It was just gorgeous. And then it was as if I was um, fluttering in the breeze. I, I was indoors, but I was sort of aware that my body was just sort of, yes, just sort of moving around gently. It was rather a lovely feeling. 
But the most important thing of all was that God opened a channel between my mind and my heart and he poured his love directly into my heart. Now, up until that point, I could believe that Jesus died for all of you, but I really couldn't comprehend that he could die for me. I hadn't had that personal revelation. But as I was, as he opened this channel between my, my, my head and my heart, I knew for the first time, for absolute certainty, that he died for me. And I can truly say that that was where my uh, Christian life began to take off. So the Holy Spirit is a person. He's the third person of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He is a person. He's, we don't refer to him as an it, but as he. Sometimes though, people refer to the Holy Spirit as the Holy Ghost, and that can be a little bit sort of awkward or frightening but I think it's much easier to call him the Holy Spirit. But how do we imagine the Holy Spirit and how do we know how he touches our lives? Well, I was just thinking in the snow we've had recently, imagine if you were experiencing in Southern California a severe snowstorm and you lost all your electricity there were blackouts everywhere, there was ensuing chaos, traffic lights don't work, nothing was working, a mad rush to the store to buy flashlights and candles, you can't cook any meals unless you have a backup generator or you use gas or perhaps a barbecue, your TV doesn't work, your uh, laptop doesn't work, you can't charge your phone, and we all know we can't live without our phones, and you feel literally powerless. And the blackout lasts for days and days. And you do everything in your own strength to try and correct things. You ring the electricity board, you get all your neighbors to ring the electricity board, uh, but the number is constantly engaged. And life is pretty tough, in fact, Purely existing is hard work. And then suddenly the electricity cables are fixed and you have power. And literally everything changes in a flash. Well, that pretty much sums up what can happen when we experience the Holy Spirit. The lights in our life are switched on. We see in colour instead of black and white. Ben mentioned earlier that I work in prisons. Well, in 1990, long before I was thinking of working in prisons, uh, I had a, a prayer time with someone with a prophetic gift. This is another gift of the Holy Spirit. And as the person prayed for me, he asked me to put up my hands and he then leant forward across the table and he touched my hands. And as he touched my hands, it was as if I was glued to this power source and it was like 20,000 volts of power were just surging through my body. And I remember just uh, the fear of God came on me. It was, it, was utterly, it was utterly terrifying in many ways. And then he began to give prophetic word and it was all in a, a prophetic rhyming word. So he said, I would be a key unto many whom themselves could no longer free. I would be right in the middle of the Salvation Army bringing the love of Christ to people uh, 
in a mighty way and that a teaching ministry would rest on me to reveal the love of Christ mightily. Now, at the time, that meant nothing. I, I wrote it all in my journal, my prayer journal, and I remember reading it thinking, I don't understand this. But three months later, when my pastor asked me if I would get involved in the largest women's prison in North London, I said, can I go and think about it and pray about it? And as I opened my journal when I got home and reread those words, a key unto many whom themselves can no longer be free, I thought, oh Lord, I think that means prison ministry. And I've learned over the years that if you're obedient to the calling of Christ, he knows what's best for our lives. One of my life verses is Proverbs 16 verse 9 that says, In his heart a man plans his course, but the Lord orders his steps. So I planned my life. I love my nursing career. I was going to meet my husband one day. I would get married. I would get pregnant. I would then leave my nursing career and probably have at least six children because I love children. Well, I learned that God had a different plan. And although uh, I never thought when I went for my interview at the prison, I would be accepted because I, I am very posh. Uh, he did say at the end of my interview, he wanted me to start as soon as possible. But visiting prisons was not on my life experience list. But now I do it, I, I visit prisons all the time, except in lockdown. So let me tell you about one man, just one man's life, who I have met and whose life has been utterly transformed since he himself experienced the love of Christ and experienced the power of the Holy Spirit. This man is called Shane, Shane Taylor. And in fact, let me just hold up this book. He's written his life story in this book. It's just called Shane. You can buy it on Amazon, so easy to, to remember uh, his name. But he was on the list in our government, in our home office, as being one of the six most violent prisoners in the entire country. He was often in uh, solitary confinement for two to three years at a time, to the extent that they had a locked hatch that they had to unlock to put his food through, and then they would lock it again. And if ever he came out of his cell, he had seven armed guards who, who had riot gear on to guard him. He was that violent. One day he was in the prison going to the education department, but when he got there, he wasn't on their list. And in prison, if you're not on a list to go into a department, you're not allowed in. And the officer at the, at the door just said, why don't you go in there? And pointed across to the chapel. And so he walked across and sat down and thought, oh my goodness, this is strange teaching. I don't know what it's about. And in the break, Someone said, well, this is the Alpha course. And uh, he said, oh, I'm not, I'm not interested. Uh, you know, God's not bothered with, with me and I'm not God, bothered with God. And then one of the volunteers said, well, you know, we're about to serve uh, tea and chocolate biscuits. And his eyes grew and he said, chocolate biscuits? Right, I'm staying. So he stayed for that session and the following week he went back again. And halfway through the course, as you know, there is the teaching on the Holy Spirit. And... The chaplain prayed for him and initially he felt nothing. He felt absolutely nothing. And in fact, he went back to his cell at the end of uh, the session. And then the Holy Spirit prompted the chaplain 
and said, I want you to go and unlock Shane and bring him back to the chapel and pray for him a second time. So that's what he did. And as he explained uh, a little bit more uh, to Shane about who Jesus is and about how the Holy Spirit can transform us, he then asked Shane if he could pray for him again. And all he did was to lay hands on his head and say, come Holy Spirit. And Shane describes this, what he said was a bubbling feeling that came from his stomach and went sort of raised up through his, his body. And then he said, I burst into tears. And uh, as you can imagine, tough prisoners are not known to cry. The chaplain then handed him a Bible and said, you're going to need this. And then he took him back to the wing. And the first thing Shane did was to run up to one of the prison officers and said, withholding his Bible, Jesus is real, Jesus is real. And he was like Saul on the road to Damascus, who was struck down by the Holy Spirit. But when he stood up again, he had been completely filled with the Spirit and he went from hating and killing Christians to becoming this amazing uh, man of God, this evangelist. And Shane was the same. Within weeks, he became the, the um, chapel orderly. That was a sort of special role that he, he, he was in the chapel every day helping the chaplain. And about 18 months later, he got out of prison and he's now married with five children. Uh, they're called Angel Grace Jacob, Isaac and Elijah. They're all redheads. And three years ago, I had the privilege of taking him on his first aeroplane ride to Kampala, Uganda, because he was asked to go and do a TEDx talk in the maximum security prison in Kampala. And after he'd finished his talk in the break, prisoners, there were, I think, about 5,000 people in, that, in the prison that day, including about 500 dignitaries. But prisoners came up to him wanting to shake his hand and many of them were just crying. Um, and uh, Shane actually said that with his three sons before, if he hadn't been a Christian, he would have taught them to be bullies and uh, he would have given them weapons. But now he says, we read the word of God together. And his life has been totally transformed and he's an amazing evangelist. But it happened as he experienced the power of the Holy Spirit. Well, you may never have even heard about the Holy Spirit, let alone his ability to transform lives. Interestingly, in Acts chapter 19, we read that while Paul was in Apollos, uh, sorry, while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior, arriving in Ephesus, and there he found some disciples and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they answered, no, we've not even heard there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked them, what baptism did you receive? Their reply was, John's baptism. Paul then said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is, in Jesus. And on hearing this, they were baptised into the name of the Lord Jesus and when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. So they experienced a supernatural filling, a supernatural power. And that is what Jesus was talking about in the passage we had read earlier in Acts 1, verse 4 and to 5 and verse 8, where Jesus said, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, 
which you've heard me speak about, for John baptised with water, but in a few days you will be baptised with the Holy Spirit. And you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and Pasadena and to the ends of the earth. The world we are living in today has needed to hear the gospel like never before. And living our lives empowered by the Holy Spirit is key and transformational for you and for me and inevitably touches people around us. He, the Holy Spirit, makes a difference to us every day. And because we are cracked human vessels that leak, we need to be filled daily with his power. It's the Holy Spirit who convicts us of our sin, but who also gives us spiritual gifts to be a blessing to those around us. Gifts of healing, gifts of wisdom, gifts of knowledge, just so many different gifts. They're all listed in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And we're told by St Paul in Galatians 5 that we should live by the Spirit and then we will not gratify the desires of the sin sinful nature. And as the Holy Spirit transforms us, we become known by the fruit that grows and is seen in our lives, which mark us out as followers of Christ, obedient to his word. Galatians 5, verse 22 and 23 says this, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. And then in Galatians 5.25, Paul writes, Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So my prayer for us all today is exactly this, that we will live by and keep in step with the Holy Spirit. Well, how? How does that happen? In Luke 11, when Jesus was teaching the disciples to pray, he tells them to ask, to seek and to knock. Luke 11 verse 9, so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds and to him who knocks the door will be opened. He then adds, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? The alternative is we struggle through each day in our own strength. I think you would agree we need all the supernatural help we can get. So shall we ask? <laughs>